Blog Talk Radio. Hello there, this is the Aerial Assassin, Will Osprey, coming from you live from the Tokyo Dome in Japan, and you are listening to WrestleCast Radio. Hope you guys are having a good day. God bless. Mr. Young, I'd like to get a training update from you. Life coach training has been great. I ran five miles today. As your life coach, I don't allow you to run. But coach, I got to get my cardio in. What am I supposed to do? Walk, walk, walk. Walk briskly. Walk briskly? So you don't want me to ever run? Maybe, just maybe if you miss the bus. I stopped running in 1978. (laughs) Wow, that was way before I was born, but... I've got your car keys here. Coach. And it's going to take you eight hours to walk to the next town. Eight hours? Coach, why are you... Hey, dig deep. If you get there too fast, I'll know you ran. I'm here to set the record straight today. I want to tell everybody in WCW why I was called terrorizing. I was brought here as a boy from France to be educated in the best schools in the United States. And I got the name by beating up all the American punks in the schools. I was given the nickname Terrorizing. Well now, I am no longer a boy. I am Jean-Paul Levesque, the greatest professional wrestler in the world today. Remember the name, Jean-Paul Levesque. There's a lot of things going on in the World Wrestling Federation right now. And yes, the Red Rooster wants to get his claw right in the middle of it and stir it up a little bit. A lot of people have been saying, what's been going on, Rooster? Well, everything's going on. The World Wrestling Federation is number one. And yes, the Red Rooster's trying to claw his way to the top of this federation. There's a lot of great talent around here, and I'll tell you why. Because the fans are the greatest. I thank each and every one of you Rooster Boosters, because with your support and my Rooster Wing Hold, I don't feel like there's a guy here that I can't beat. UConn John Nord, his partner Scott Norton. And I'll tell you what, UConn, you made quick work on a big spike. Hey, let's set up. My partner... Scott Norton, I'm going to tell you a story. We was up in the Yukon. We got up early one morning, and we was chopping trees and chopping wood. And Big Scott had got to the lumber shack before us. And everybody knows what lumberjacks eat. They eat a lot of pancakes. My name is Thurman Plug, but my brand's... They call me Sparky. You call me Sparky, too. I never really worked with Hulk Hogan that much. I don't know him that well. I know you guys did in WCW. What can you tell me about the Hulk? You mean personally? Yeah, personally. Well, Mick, I didn't date him. I don't know anything about personally, but... I'm in control here, and you're going to give me what I want. You know what it is. Give me what I want. You know what I want. I've been asking for it for years. You're going to give me what I want... Or I'm going to continue to hurt people you love. I'm going to give you a Give me what I want. Ladies and gentlemen, Randy Bryant. The last two long years is finally over. It's been a long, long wait. You're going down this time, Bill. You're going down. We'll be back.
WrestleCast. How many times should I say WrestleCast, Alex? WrestleCast Radio. A lot. Man, this is crazy. What's crazy? WrestleCast? It's like the hip-hop remix. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can blow B. WrestleCast. Uh, uh, WrestleCast. What WrestleCast? It's kind of like the fireman by the by the Lil Wayne. I'm gonna see Lil Wayne uh, this summer, possibly. It's between him and Tenacious D. Lollapalooza. The uh, the schedule was announced today, and uh, I'm in a conundrum. I've seen both. Uh, me and uh, Jordan, not Jiskra, uh, saw Lil, Lil Wayne back in like '09, I want to say. Um, and then I saw Tenacious D for my first concert ever, along with Weezer and Jimmy World down in Bloomington, Illinois. Uh, fork in the road when it comes to 5.30 p.m. on Saturday night. Uh, uh, what Lil would you at, uh, He's at um, a sound set in Minnesota here. Lil Wayne is. Meh. Yeah, I know. He's going to also, do you also hear he's touring with Blink-182, and he's going to be in Minnesota again, like, September? Well, I'm just saying, if you if you went to Soundset, you could see him there, and then you wouldn't have to make a decision. Yeah, but, I mean, why go to Soundset so I could be mobbed by 90,000 white Maybe. Students wearing their Jinko jeans. Dang, Jinko jeans, wasn't that in the conversation? <laughs> <laughs> With their weird, all being on Molly saying, oh, we're white people, listening to Wheezy. The only good act at Soundset this year is uh, Run the Jewels. That's I've seen them three times. That's I would like to see them a fourth time. Huh? Like every year? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. So we run the Soundset. No. But uh, it should be interesting. Might have been Sorry, I'm trying to do a, uh, do the Facebook gimmick, and I'm like, oh, my fault. I had the show running at the same time, so like I, I was like hearing double and triple. So that's in the beginning, I, I felt like I was one of those uh, white kids at sound sets uh, <laughs> smoking those weird pipes with all the smoke dragons or whatever. And have but, you uh, uh, have you heard of the off off hip hop group Kick the Jewels? <laughs> no, because that's what Is we that saw. Legit? Uh, well, that's what we saw um, Mr. Uh, Trevor Lee do at Progress Super Strong Sound. Oh! That was an accident, too. Um, I, I totally <laughs> forgot here, too. Obviously, I got, so I got your... Uh, Alex sent me a list, a, a good description for today. Um, I didn't get it all posted because we just did the get, the get Live thing. We got some AEW, uh, the Tom McGee Hitman match. They, that they, they yeah. posted that, that Alex mentioned about. Um, Vince being Vince, I have no idea what this is because I don't read the dirt sheets anymore, so I'm intrigued by this. Um, d- discuss the Monix Adonis incident, Rust- World Warrior Wrestling 5. I'm intrigued by this as well. Um, Lars Sullivan, find 100K. I, we'll talk that. Vicky Guerrero wants more intergender. That's kind of random because wasn't she in a match with Snooki and that was it? I don't know where intergender comes into mind for her. Uh, Aries back at MLW. We'll talk that. Um, Becky Lynch on the cover of 2K with the. Why, why are you just running through the rundown? The whole, the whole aspect was for me to get your 
your gimmick on it live on air, like the last couple of awesome shows we've had. Oh, I was just going through because all I put is we discussed nights one of both. The Super I know Rangers. that's why I was writing everything <laughs> on the Facebook gimmick to give more, more, more stuff. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. I apologize. It's funny, Blog Talk didn't fail us this time on the go live, but. Oh, damn, me. <laughs> but but let me say, I'm going to put this on there because I don't know if Alex checked this out or not, but uh, the main event for the Dead or Alive Pox and uh, Dragon Kid Show was posted. That was the uh, the Dead or Alive match itself. That was awesome. The Bond Steel Cage match. So I want to talk that at some point before, uh, before we go over Alex's run. Um, also, uh, STU went to Shanghai and wrestled three of the OWE guys in a like palace in Shanghai, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I checked that match out too. That got posted on YouTube. Their so. sites? I think it's I think okay. AEW posted on theirs. Um, they faced Fon Heiwei, Fon Q Yang, and Da Ben. Uh, three guys that I had never seen before. Were they a part of that? Uh, that that Jordan oh I, I didn't watch that because I was I figured I would say something and then Jordan would start dogging it and I'd just get into an argument with him but I didn't feel like doing that, that early <laughs> <laughs> so I avoided that one um, but, oh, I, but it was it was cool it was watching uh it was it was nice watching SCU with the um with some of the trainee OWE guys so that gets me really excited for double or nothing um but yeah we got I mean we got super juniors night one we got progress super strong style night one as well um where do you how mm-hmm. do you want to start this i'm damn trying to get for whatever do, do you want to do you want to why don't do you want to go down your run your run sheet and then we can kind of go into the results here kind of start off with some news like we've been doing on these midweek shows um did you by chance start uh a chance to watch any of the uh uh, the uh, the the Viceland show by no I I totally forgot I thought about it when I was going Dark to work a couple Thank you. and I was like damn I really want to see that Gino Hernandez one and I I oh. didn't go back and watch so that's that's Fabulous that's Mula is tonight as well which I should be taped in about thirty minutes so it's a, a interesting wild evening uh, I learned once you go off the keto diet you apparently gain weight back. Uh, so just trying to get in uh, shape for uh, a Lollapalooza, but also the, uh, the hopefully the interactive uh, new WrestleCast radio that will be new content next week. But you know, I was just like, oh man, that's that's no bueno. No bueno. <laughs> Don't worry. R.I.P. Silver King. To get into that, I mean, you definitely probably know more uh, Silver King as, as unfortunately Made of course uh, headline news on Saturday. There, him and Psychosis were wrestling uh, in England. They were doing a uh, London Luchador. Um, he just had cardiac arrest and and passed away during the match. There, um, I of course know him. You know, kind of you know a little bit through you know the WCW um, aspects. Of, of course, there was a lot of Luchador, a, a little more. Uh, or I should say other wrestlers that caught my attention other than Silver King. Of course, I know the name, but of course I know him a little bit more as, uh, as I believe, uh, Ramsey's from uh, not the Libre there. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was um, that's where a lot of people probably don't realize that that they know him, um, is he was in in uh, Jack Black's movie uh, Nacho Libre. He was the nemesis for him, yes. which is wasn't awesome. he the brother? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was the the what wasn't it Ram Ramses Ramses or something? I don't remember the movie too well. Ramses, yep. Um, uh, I mean, so Silver King, um, his his dad was Doctor Wagner. Um, his brother, obviously, is Doctor Wagner Junior. For those that know him from a lot of lucha, um, some people don't know with with. I think more all Japan than New Japan, but please don't quote me on that. Silver King was Black Tiger three, so one of the one of the okay. one of the Black Tigers, uh, which Eddie Guerrero was, I think Black Tiger two or four, one of the two. So um, that lineage as well. Um, he teamed up with El Tejano. Uh, they were Los Co- uh, Los Cowboys, and they were a big big heel tag team in Mexico and Japan. Same. Um, doing a lot of stuff with all Japan. In New Japan, uh, UWA down in Puerto Rico, I believe, CMLL. And obviously we know him from WCW where he did a lot of his, uh, you know, the, the lucha with the rest of the luchadors that got brought up. Um, mm-hmm. to work it. But, yeah, he, he, you know, he's working a match with Juventud Guerrera. And some people say he had a heart attack in the ring, they think now. Okay. Because originally it was possibly a stroke. Yep, I had, I had heard the, the stroke thing. Um the thing I recently had heard that that it was a heart, that could have been a heart attack as well, um, but it, I mean it was definitely one of the two. And I, mean, I I watched it. It's it's really messed up. Like I kind of like ooh, maybe I shouldn't have watched that because you could. I mean it, it, it's a simple movie takes and he just kind of I think he actually delivers the move and then he just kind of falls over into uh, on Juventude's chest and that he just stops moving. So. It's, it's really messed up. I'm I'm sorry. I'm getting harassed by a, a nitwit in front of me that that uh, continues to uh, ruin my train of thought all the time. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it it, it just yeah, it sucks that, that that happened. Oh, I think I lost to Alex too. We're on a roll here today. Um. Sorry, I'm trying to get back on track here. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of the, the Silver King thing. There's, um, I'm sure somebody's gonna have, uh, uh, we'll have more. Obviously, I think we got. Hello. Yes. Hey, <laughs> Alex Mello here. Yeah. So that's FML I mean, that's, Solutions that's, Inc. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean that's. So, I mean, did you have any like go-to Silver King matches, or I mean, what was like I said to me, there was a lot of luchadors during that time. I could probably name you about eight. Um, a lot of them I remember, of course, from WCW, NWO, Revenge, and you know, kind of the the '64 games and whatnot. But I mean, where was there any stuff you know that you would tape trade or kind of you know watch you know kind of growing up in the uh, St. Paul area? I did that to be really fair. I didn't see a lot of Lucha. Like I never okay. really got into the Lucha until probably ECW when uh, Eddie and Malenko were there. And I was like, Oh, I remember those guys from, from new Japan. And then they talked more about Guerrero's history. So I kind of, I looked at some of the, you know, some of the other stuff that he, some of the, 
the earlier stuff, but not a lot. And then the Rey Mysterio and Hoovy stuff from ECW is kind of my first, I guess you could say, inkling of Lucha. Okay. Um, I had briefly seen a couple of things maybe in like 91, 92 with like uh, Blue Demon, I think, wrestled, wrestled this guy named Rayo DiGelesco. And a couple things like that that I might have seen on like a like Telemundo or something, but it was never and never anything that really caught my eye per se until the um, you know Ray came. I, I mean, honestly, Ray is kind of my intro to Lucha and mm-hmm. him and uh, with the ECW stuff, and then obviously getting into ECW with Ray having that great series of three matches with Dean Malenko kind of opened the door, and then his match with Psychosis at Bash at the Beach where he did the hurricane rana jumping off the uh the divers the divers ladder in the entryway it was it was incredible. <laughs> I just liked and, it when he got dove uh into that trailer. That was my favorite Ray moment in uh WCW. I cried when that happened. <laughs> well, you were one of those that were like, Oh no see I was I was celebrating. I was ecstatic that the NWO was taking over and, and launching his his short ass into that uh into that trailer. I, I just sat there going, why couldn't they have just done it to Scotty Riggs? Because <laughs> he's an American male, man. He can't, yeah, well, they can't beat his ass in the crowbar, to be fair, right before that. <laughs> I think I think I might have even said, couldn't it have been Steve Pay or something if he was there yet? Did you call the police? Were you one of those marks? or? No, no, I just was pissed off. <laughs> Mind you, I was in seventh grade, too, which is even worse that I've been doing that. <laughs> I, oh man, they did that to Ravens there. I love <laughs> Oh man. But you know, then Silver King kinda came along and he was such a good hand that you know, you you look by the end of the run of these guys, mm-hmm. he was always on it, him and Super Colo were always on ah. TV. Like those guys always got TV. Uh, I mean they didn't. They didn't get the. Um, they didn't get the rub that El Dandy got from Bret Hart. But I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> Did you ever see the the Bret Hart promo? Uh, I'm sure you have showed that to me many many moons ago. But he's, uh, uh, he's defended the U.S. title against the challenger, <laughs> and Gene Oakland's like, "Who are you facing?" He's like one of the most high caliber athletes that this locker room has, and he's putting over like he's wrestling like Goldberg or something. Tom McGee. Bret Hart, and he's like, El Dandy. And Gene Oakland's like, El Dandy? He's like, I'm wrestling El Dandy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. No, it's just obviously very sad and unfortunate. I mean, 51 years years old. Just, ugh. Also why I went on my run, just because, oof. You never know. Yeah. But, I mean, to be fair, who knows what some of those guys are doing. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to throw negativity into any of that, but I mean, a lot of those guys have beat their bodies, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Not negative. Some of the stuff these guys would do, I mean, these guys would beat their, and and you know, I I don't necessarily think it's um, a detriment to anything because we see it so much on the uh, on the scene now with you know clotheslines and stuff like that. But you know, when these guys are probably working five days a week, and you get these heavy lucha matches with these barrel chested guys. All they did was just slap yeah. each other in the chest. And I mean, I know, I know Walter does it now all the time, but 
you know, when you're doing that for 20 years, five days a week, eventually your body's just taking enough of a beating. And mm-hmm. Probably even more than that. <laughs> you know, I mean, Eric Bischoff, you know, uh, he, he said a little something on uh, this week's 83 weeks. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, saying that he was a nice, nice guy. You know, he credits the luchadors. Um, and, and Silver King being one of them for being, you know, a huge success for Nitro, you know, kind of getting uh, the momentum and, and eventually taking over the WWE or WWF at that time, you know, kind of the ratings there. So, um, yeah, just in the ring. I mean, that's just so unfortunate. Of course, there there have been accidents, but, you know, it's just that's something that, you know, like you said, and I'm sure anyone, something you just can't predict. Mm. Um, Sean Walton said he saw a lot of one, two, three kid matches. He saw some Silver King moves I appropriated. Ooh. Speaking of <laughs> Sean Michaels, uh, you know, of course we have to transition from uh, from that very very sad story from over the, uh, the this past weekend here. Um, again, thoughts and prayers to the family um, and fans of of Silver King there. Um, Sean Waltman, you know, you brought up Bret Hart's L Dandy, you know, as, as we found out, you know, through the, uh, well, Vince being Vince, I guess this is segment one before we kind of go into the, uh, the, the big news of the day. Uh, but Vince being Vince, uh, of course, we, we talked about Undertaker, Kurt Angle, hell, even HBK, Shawn Michaels, uh, you know, kind of being pulled from the past too, which is next weekend. Um, and, you was was kind of transferring DVDs there, you know, kind of over the years. And, uh, you know, it promised, you know, that, that he was able to uh, show the match and then have Bret Hart and Tomaki talk about it at StarCast. Then all of a sudden, like a few days ago, I believe it was like Friday, Thursday or Friday of last week, WWE, I noticed, uh, you know, posted, hey, you've heard about this. Well, probably not like that, but like, hey, you heard about this match. You know, we have the Holy Grail out after Monday Night Raw. Um, watch it and get the perspective from Bret Hart and Tom McGee. Again, be a star. Um, but in this instance, definitely Vince in the bully card there, uh, kind of playing it first. Uh, you know, especially since he believes Conrad has has some AEW ties there, which again we'll get to here in a moment. Um, you had a chance to check out the uh, that special uh, that they aired on Monday, right? Yeah, I, I saw the documentary portion and some of the clips of the match, but uh, I, I definitely. My question is, kind of throwing it back to Sean Waltman, why was he interviewed during I that don't know. time? Because that I, was like eighty six through ninety ninety one. Granted, the kid one, you know, one two three kid and whatnot hit around ninety three. I'm sure he was there a little beforehand, but he was a prime focus of this documentary, which had me scratching my head. I didn't know if you had some inside baseball type of uh, intel. <laughs> no, I'm like I'm watching this and I'm I'm totally confused as to why because <laughs> I mean 
This match was in 1986, October 7th of 1986. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, the hell is him, the hell is he going on here? It, I mean, Sean Waltman was 14 years old when this match took place <laughs> in Rochester, New York, the Minneapolis boy. Oh, my God. He wasn't even, he, he, he had, by the time Tom McGee left WWE, he was 19. Like, so, and, and if, if Bret Hart didn't even see this match, what the hell did Sean Waltman see this match? Like, I don't understand. And not even was. Bret Hart's family got to see the match. They kept asking Bret Hart if they could see the match, meaning, of course, Tyson yeah. Kidd and, uh, and and Davey Jr. Yeah, Harry Smith was looked like a, like a carnival pimp. He had this goofy, <laughs> <laughs> like, black and gold. Jordan hat on. He it's all about those his, calf muscles, man. As long as those are covered, his, uh, that's all uh, that matters. Yellow, he was wearing a yellow ring jacket with his name on it in red, and then he had like some like Mardi Gras beads on. Does a, a killer yeah. hitman impression though? <laughs> yeah, like seriously, it, it, like this is this is not trying to get too off topic, but does does Harry Smith? Dress like that in public. I I'm hope just gonna so. wear my bulldog. Like that's that's me wearing my old Team Danger tag team long wrestling jacket that goes down to my like ankles <laughs> that I wore in 2006. You know, I'm like yeah, you know, it's got my name on the back. It's just Cook TD, pretty tight. You know what I mean? That is just, pretty tight. Do you think it's just because in Japan? He has to be so um, sadistic as a part of Suzuki Goon. Once he comes a tape side uh, or stateside to discuss the tapes, um, he has to just be, you know, out of character, you know, kind of like an actor, you know, kind of like the, the the gentleman who plays Pennywise in It. He was like, man, I'm so happy we finished filming since I don't have to go home with that. Do you think when he does leave Japan, he's like, all right, I don't have to be a sadistic ass. Um, who just pummels everybody a part of Killer Elite Squad? Let me get my uh, my New Orleans on. Well, I, I guess the two the two factors I look at is I'm willing to bet that that's the same outfit he wears when he's with Teddy Hart doing the New Hart Foundation. So it makes ah. sense why it's so just boisterous and goofy. But I also wondered what did his pants look like at the time of this video? Like was he wearing <laughs> like Teddy Hart like MC Hammer? Too. Good God, I hope so. And, and side note, but uh, Teddy Hart, Harry Smith, Brian Pillman Jr., the New Heart Foundation. How bad do you think they wish they could get Tyson Kidd to, to get out of WWE? Ooh, and be you know, the manager. Just, I'm, he has a yeah. sweet gig, though. I mean, Tyson Kidd's got a good gig. I mean, maybe one day, but I mean, yeah. Who knows? I mean, everyone wants to uh, apparently get out of uh, Connecticut and Orlando. So, I mean, maybe it could happen. Just don't ask for your release publicly. I mean, he is yoked still. Like, yeah. You can just see it. I mean, but yeah, I mean, he's been a producer for what, like probably four years or something. He, he technically retired in the end of June of 2017. But, and, I mean, he's he's been doing... It sucks too because they finally were starting to use him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, he was doing. I mean, I know the- great matches in NXT. I mean, yeah. it was just kind of building all that talent, and then 
the unfortunate circumstance happened. That 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 four way at that one NXT takeover, Mm -hmm. you could argue might be the best match in the company's history. You know, one of the best probably top five. But you know, I mean, he he had that tag team with Cesaro too. Yes. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, I I love that team. I mean, you pair Cesaro with anyone, and it's it's money. Really, and uh, yeah, that was a team that that I was definitely thinking, wow, you know, not Heart Foundation per se, but that they could be, you know, that technical tag team that that you know, instead of ground and pound, that could have, you know, hopefully changed the uh, the tag team scene in the early aughts there. But uh, yeah, that's definitely one of those those what ifs, you know. But you know, hey, better be safe than sorry is what I always say. Here, here's the crazy last thing I got on Tyson Kidd. It says, Kidd tweeted that only 5% of the people survive his injury, and that he had 16 staples, four screws, and a rod inserted into his neck. Discussing the injury, journalist Dave Meltzer said, it's unbelievable that Tyson Kidd came through as well as he did, and noted that most people who survive this injury end up basically being Christopher Reeve. Yeah. I mean, That's thank God for his muscular... You know, like kind of uh, build there because I mean that definitely I would assume played a big part of you know not any huge serious damage. Oh, that it had. It, I always thought of the it muscle as, you know, as freak as freak of an injury as it was. It it reminded me a lot of when Lesnar missed the Shooting Star at nineteen. Yeah, it have this no neck giant. God knows what would have happened to him. He ended up wrestling, I think, a week later. <laughs> you know, most guys like, oh, that guy's in a wheelchair. <laughs> Sorry. You know, he gets up at F- F5s and still. <laughs> like, All right, cool, you're a freak. Talk about a freak league. Jeez. Mm. Uh, what else you got uh, on your docket? My, my thing, too, is, I mean, the, the McGee match, you know, of course, he was very blue. Um, you know, he, Bret Hart, you know, in the docu- uh, documentary party. He's like, all right, before the match, he was like, all right, tell me what you can do. He's like, I can I flip. three moves you can do. And I'll yeah, tell you when to I mean, that was beautiful. And, and yeah, I mean, it, and what I love is, you know, Sam Roberts being one of the, uh, the talking heads in that, you know, being a tape trader himself. Um, you know, he, what I love was him, Tyson Kidd, and of course, uh, Harry Smith, kind of saying what the best thing about this match was in the end, it was, you know, not Tom McGee being the man, but Bret Hart being the man that the WWF didn't know was the man. Because, again, they were all all about the hurly-burly, you know, muscle-bound, you know, Hulk Hogan's, you know, if you will. And, you know, Bret Hart, you know, what, eight years later, seven years later, you know, him him being the world champion there and starting a new you know, uh, new style of, of wrestling with WWF. So, um, yeah, I mean, and again, they, they said it brilliantly in the documentary. I'm one of those guys where I didn't like Bret Hart growing up. I was a Razor Ramon guy. I was a Diesel guy. I was, you know, that type of character. You know, Bret Hart, I was like, oh, it's too technical. Elbow from the middle world, blah, blah, blah. Suplex, backbreaker. Atomic drop sharpshooter, the five moves of doom, you know, but not realizing, oh, no, he's telling a story. He's carrying a match. He's making the other guy look a thousand percent great, whether it was Bastion Booger or, you know, it, it, you know, his brother Bob back or Bob Backlund or, or so on and so on. Um, 
you know, it, it just made me appreciate Bret Hart a lot more. And just, you know, every time I think about the Goldberg incident, I'm just like, damn, he was a guy that easily could have probably wrestled until maybe five years ago. Who knows? Yeah. You know, we, we won't talk about the Vince McMahon WrestleMania match because too many hearts in that kitchen. Um, but it was just uh, one of those big things where you're just like, damn, Bret Hart really was something. The Shawn Michaels, you know, matches. It held that documentary that he produced, you know, five, six, seven years ago. Part of that rivalry series, uh, you know, just hits it perfectly on the head. Um, the respect that's there, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, the, the younger generation will find Bret Hart matches. We'll, you know, go back and watch that. I still say, you know, WrestleMania uh, 10, you know, him and Owen, one of the best opening, if not the best opening match. Uh, on a show, uh, definitely at a WrestleMania, but also uh, him and Owen in the cage um, at SummerSlam 94, which I was very fortunate to see. But again, being ignorant at that time of not realizing what I watched, you know, I, I remember enjoying that match, obviously cheering for, for the Rocket. Um, but, uh, you know, it was just something where I'm like, damn. He really, you know, the, you know, people talk about his attitude and everything like that, but I mean, do you put him on the Rushmore there, Ryan? Um, when you get, what's the criteria of the Rushmore? Because if you're talking Rushmore, you're talking four. Are you talking four all time, like all time anything, all time WWE, all time what? I'd say all. I mean, I would say he would have to be. Well, how about WWE? No. Because the Rock's on there. Would you put the Rock over him? Yeah, I'd put Hogan. I'd put Austin. I'd put Taker. I'd put Cena. Cena, yeah. Um, I mean, I'd put easily those without even... I'd put Michaels. Um, yeah. Michaels, no doubt. I, th- to be fair, I mean, he's... I don't even... He wouldn't even... If you talk all time of anything, he's not even in my top ten. Ah. This may sound crazy, and I may be way out of left field. But I think I'd put Angle and Guerrero over him too. I love they could be some Kurt Angle. That's I mean, but it was just such a different era. He was he was so like here's here's what I factor uh, Mount Rushmore is total package wise. He was incredible in the ring, but his mm-hmm. mic skills were were I mean they were they were what they were. They're fit, he, he he talks no better than Finn Balor does now, which isn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. He's not a barn burner, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even listening, if you if you go back, did you watch the Shawn Michaels Bret Hart? Um, we talked about that, right? You watched that. We talked about that last yeah. morning. Um, I mean, he, he even had a piss poor attitude in that thing. Um, <laughs> so I mean, his attitude has always been the way he talks about himself. He he talks about himself like he's you know better than everybody, and you know, which is fine. I, you know, I don't I don't discredit him for that, but he didn't draw. I mean, he his numbers didn't. He didn't his. His highest strong stuff was, you could argue, was Austin and Michaels, and it's because it was Austin and Michaels. I think. I mean, he didn't draw against you know, Rumble '93 against Razor. Didn't draw very well. No. Um, and that that was a good spot for him to elevate somebody like Scott Holliday. Didn't do it. Um, he wasn't drawn as well with Taker as the other guys did. I think Diesel might even drew more with Taker. And you know, it is what it is, and I don't I don't mean to knock Bret Hart. If you if you talk te- technical wrestler standpoints, he's one of the greatest ever. 
But when you're going Mount Rushmore, there's so many things that factor in that he wasn't. And that's just, I mean, like you said, you know, they, they had their next world champion. They just didn't know who it was. Well, six and a half later, six and a half years later in October, I think, I think October of 92, he wins the title, but they do it at a house show. So he didn't even get a proper, mm-hmm. he didn't even get like a hooray, a proper thing. Yes, it was in Saskatoon, so it was in Canada. But, you know, I mean, you, you turn on, you know, wrestling challenge or whatever the next day and Bret Hart suddenly the champion. It was like, oh, you know, they didn't even, you know, he didn't win it at Saturday night's main event or at, you know, he had just dropped the title to Bulldog, the IC at SummerSlam a couple months before that at Wembley. I mean, it, to be fair, he, that was an amazing match. But like, so he had been going into Survivor Series on the losing end, you could argue. And, you know, he, he beats Flair at a house show. Mm. So, you know, as much as they talk about how much Vince needed Brett and did this with Brett, I mean, lineage doesn't say that. I mean, why do you have him winning at a house show? You would... You'd want to say John Cena wins his first world title and they celebrate it at the WrestleMania. Bret Hart wins his first world title and it's at a house show. You know what I mean? Like, is think, he on the Mount Rushmore of Intercontinental Champions at least? I I could go. I, I'd be okay with that. I'd have to really because I mean he's definitely one of. I mean that was the the relationship. I mean of course he's the worker. You know that he he's the guy that if it was the current. Um, if if he was wrestling today, he'd probably be one of the guys asking for his release. He's like, I'm doing this so much, I'm doing that, you know. And then he's just like, All right, I'm out. You know, take take the IC belt. I, I mean, I can't discredit his his intercontinental matches. I mean, like you said, no. you know, the British Bulldog at SummerSlam, Roddy Piper at WrestleMania with I think one of the most cool inspired finishes yeah. that you know even done today. You know, even That's, so, you know, the, the but, bounce but off I, the turnbuckle. When I dropped the MCW title to TJ, that was our finish. Nice, I, nice. He, he wrestled like a 25-minute match against B3. I came in immediately invoked his title match because I just I had the commissioner in my back pocket. And I kept putting him in a sleeper hold because he was fatigued and the crowd hated me. And he ran up the ropes and he pinned me in like a minute and a half. And did nice. the red heart. I mean, it was and it worked. The crowd loved it. Cause they, and, and we did it too to the point where as his arm dropped was when the three count hit, so nobody knew who won. You know, so oh. we, we even took it a whole other level because we were inspired by that finish. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, and and let's not let's not forget too his awesome match where he won it for the first time and mm-hmm. um, Boston Garden when uh, I think it was Boston Garden when uh, what would have been SummerSlam like '91 or whatever against Hennig. Per- and, uh, yeah. When he when he the crowd and he had his he had Hennig's singlet over his shoulder. And Stu's sitting there, yeah, I got a Boston Bruins jacket on. <laughs> he was sitting there. Like, I was like, look, I, and I don't, people think I hate Bret Hart, and I don't. I don't like forever. When I was kid, me and my buddy Brett Swenson, when we would wrestle in the basement, we would pretend that we were real people. And we were, I was Shawn Michaels, and he was Bret Hart, and we were called the Killer Torpedoes. As corny of a name as that word. <laughs> I mean, that was my team, the Killer Torpedoes. Like, I love the Bret Hart. It's just, now that I'm as, now that I'm more knowledgeable and I understand the ins and outs, you know, I, I just, it, it's kind of, let me put this in a basketball term and see if this, this resonates. Madison Square Garden was, was SummerSlam 91. Okay, thank you. Was that when he beat um, yep, Perfect? Th- perfect, okay. yeah. I knew it was East Coast there. Uh, well, I'm surprised they let Stu Hart out with a 
Bruins jacket in a live. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but he feels to me a lot like a guy like Tracy McGrady, where he was one of the best at his time, but he's not going to be an all-timer. Or, or, um, or Kevin Garnett, where he won a title, you know, he won the big one, but he never, you know, he's not Tim Duncan of his era. You know, as when we did that list with Elijah, we even put Dirk over him. You know, as much as Elijah hated it, and we were saying, look, man, maybe we don't necessarily like it, but you can't discredit what Dirk did. And that's where I kind of say, like, as great as Bret Hart was, he just he's never been the greatest to me. And people don't like that I say that, but, you know, facts are facts. It's no different than this Rollins, Becky Lynch, Kofi Kingston era. They're not drawing. I, I'm yeah. sorry, people. You know, they, people love them, and that's great. You know, I think I think stop. Rollins and Becky Lynch are just got engaged or married or something the other day, something like that too. So like, no, oh, no. watch they're gonna put them as a couple on TV now too. I'm sure because that's what the company does, but it's not gonna draw. And Bret Hart didn't draw. I'm sorry. They went to kept going back. I to think Bret Hart possibly could be the first candidate for WrestleCast Radio's uh, top ten, uh, where we kind of decipher uh, ten matches. And we just kind of give our take on on kind of Bret Hart in a nutshell. And, and let me say this too, and not not to keep getting on Bret Hart, but if you look at a guy I mentioned on his on his, the second stanzas, um, mm-hmm. and I, I think I love to look at second stanzas and give enough credit to it. I I would be willing to make an argument with you that I think Kurt Angle had a better career in, in TNA than he did in WWE. Yeah, you always say that, and I always scoff at it. Uh, just, I mean, Angle's Mania matches alone, I, I would put up against uh, his TNA, whatever their big Slammiversary or Victory Road or whatever weird <laughs> random Nashvillean title that they had for their pay-per-views. Um, I don't know. Like, he did. I, he accomplished I, so much. I mean, yeah. hell, WrestleMania 2000, the uh, European Intercontinental three-way with Benoit and Jericho, fantastic match. Just due to the fact that Angle plays that character for being so new and dual champion, the story that he tells that that ca- that character kind of shows, just it's it's great, great to witness. Hundred percent. But but let me let me make let, let me say this to you at the same point I'm making. You're making my Bret Hart point for me about the wrestling, and I, I, I think that it's a great. I'm glad you said it because it, it builds to what I'm saying. Or my, my side of it is, yes, his wrestling was probably better. I mean, his stuff with AJ was really good. His stuff with Jay Lethal was tremendous. His stuff with, mm-hmm. I mean, he had an amazing match with Abyss. Like, I, I mean, he had a, he had like a arguably five star match with Abyss. It, him, him and Jerry had their their animosity, but then they put on a great project together. Like mm-hmm. so. so you know, he didn't have the Shawn Michaels type match. He didn't have things like that. I, I will admit that. But he had a more successful winning. If you look at winning, when he left the company, he won more. This is pro wrestling we're talking about, not AEW. Come on. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. So so championships do matter because, because it's, it's not about win-losses. It's about championships. But he drew and he helped build that company farther than it ever was. So he was a draw. He left the comp- He left WWF and bet on himself, and had he wrestled more there, had a longer career there, 
one more there and drew a lot of money for that company. Bret Hart didn't draw on WWE, but had a major. Fourteen hundred seats. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. That's like I mean, you're comparing apples to oranges. You're looking at a company who only had a certain widespread, and he grew it. Look, look at the look at the the growth of the company, like the percentage growth of. You're saying Sting, of, Flair. I mean, I know Hogan didn't draw anything. I mean, so I'll give you that. But you're well, saying all there of that characters he, X division. He I mean, that obviously plays in the part. It's it's just like Lesnar obviously drew with Angle. Michaels drew with Angle. So, I mean, it's the same thing. What I, where I'm going with this is Bret Hart went to WCW and did nothing. He didn't draw anything. He didn't have really good matches. He wasn't enthusiastic. His second stanza sucked. Mm-hmm. Kurt Angle's second stanza did not suck at all. Agreed, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's where I'm going with it. If you... You know, look at um, look at Shawn Michaels' second stanza. It was better than his first one. Better. <laughs> you know, oh, yes. Bret Hart, his second stanza was not. Um, Booker T, you could all like, you could argue his WWE run for what he did, being a guy who came from the enemy and Vince buried those guys. Mm-hmm. You could argue almost had an equal successful career, if not more money wise, in his pocket. Coming to the East. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, King Booker, one of the uh, finest characters, you know, especially building that <laughs> SmackDown brand. I mean, to be honest, and, and then, I mean, and then you have something as memorable as the supermarket uh, spot with, with Steve Austin. I mean, that shades, you know, that, that puts G.I. Bro to shame, you know, essentially. Uh, and, I, and I agree with the angle thing. I mean, some of the stuff. And who knows, maybe I'll get Impact Plus and watch, you know, kind of some of that that awesome uh, stuff. I mean, Booker, even in TNA, you know, you can yeah. even say uh, had some, uh, you know, I mean, hell, that guy's had what, four careers. God bless him. Uh, I mean, could even say it's better than his WCW run. Now, his his championship reign I loved in WCW, uh, meaning yeah. Booker T. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you could say the TNA almost was – Maybe as equal as as the stuff Sands main event main event mafia, uh, you know, to the WWE. It's it, it, so that's like so just that's just kind of where I'm going with this. Is there's a lot of guys who, in their second run, succeed very well. Yeah. His second run, he didn't succeed very well, and it took somebody like Steve Austin to really mm-hmm. elevate him. To- too, which is the other thing. Yeah, that heel turn. Oof. Yeah, Take that, America. That, if he wasn't able, if he didn't get to run that angle, I mean, it was like, ah, you know, Bret Hart's cool. And, and once again, you know, this long rant on this, you know, I, I don't mean any. I'm not trying to be negative on Bret Hart because I love Bret Hart, but it's just <laughs> there's, there's so many guys that if you if you put you. Know, Who's, who, who do I think is one of the greatest point guards I've ever watched play basketball? You know the Mark answer. Price. Exactly. I, I will take him on the free throw line over any human being alive. The way he can over control John the tempo. Over Come on. Look, look up Google all-time free throw percentage. Oh, man. Or am I thinking a Hornet sack? One of those guys got to gotta beat him. But let, you get rid continue of your point, sir. Um, but, but he doesn't stack up when you overall think about it because, okay, great. 
he was he was the you could argue he's the greatest free throw shooter of all time, and he and he was one of the better three point shooters. I mean, when they when they brought back the the old timers oh, on this last All Star thing, uh-huh. did you pull it up? Yeah, he is tied uh, with the the Canadian assassin maestro that is Steve Nash. Steph Curry though at ninety percent. Yeah, it's uh, this this dude this dude what nine nine oh four free throw percentage that's unbelievable. That <laughs> is just ridiculous. Um, yeah, I can find his whole like his whole. Uh, there was some year he had that was just mind blowing. I wonder if I could find it. Um, let's see, Mark Price stats. Here we go. Mark Price Basketball Reference dot com. Here we go. Um, let's see, um, free throw percentage. So in nineteen ninety one, listen to this for ninety ninety one, ninety one, ninety two, ninety two, ninety three. His free throw percentage was nine fifty two, nine forty seven, and nine forty eight. Jeez. Whoa. Um. So, but I mean, you know, look. But he's he's not going to be one of the greatest point guards ever. I'll take him in certain categories, but he's not greatest all time. There's things I'll take Brett Harden almost over anybody in, but he's not one of the best all time to me. I mean. I have I told my birthday. I mean, like I said, I've garnered respect for him as I've gotten older. Um, but I, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, Kurt Angle. You know how big of a mark for for Angle there. Um, one thing though, too, kind of watching this documentary. Um, when I texted you or, or when I put in the notes, I was like, huh. I think we need a Kenny Omega, Tom McGee, uh, the first night of the AEW taping, TV tapings. Because let's be real. A, they're both from Canada. And B, they look like each other's doppelgangers with the beautiful curls and whatnot. You know, the, the, uh, the, the yoked physique, um, the, the, uh, the aerial maneuvers and what have you. And then they showed them now and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was like 30 years ago. It looks like Morgan. <laughs> I like when he was like, yeah, and I was, you know, strong, and he, like, put his shoulders forward. I was like, oh. But, I, yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of those those uh, big what-ifs. But, uh, I mean, are, are you happy as a, a pro wrestling savant that you are, that you were finally able to see this tape? Was it something that you kind of knew about uh, during your, your wrestling uh, uh, tape trading days? Um, here's two things I'll say. One, he looks like Kenny Omega, like baby face from DDT when he wore like gr- green trunks and, and yellow knee pads when he tagged with Kanosuke Takashita. I mean, it literally <laughs> looks just like it's, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's mind blowing. Um, but honestly, up until you mentioned the star casting, I had never even heard of this. Ah, I had no idea that this was a thing or what this was, or anything about, and maybe that's why I never, I didn't really get excited for it. Okay, makes sense. It's like I just, I never was like, ah, I've never heard of Tom McGee. I don't know. It sounds like some dude who was an enhancement jobber to the enhancement jobbers, like Iron Mike Sharp. <laughs> interesting. You know what else is interesting? Uh, 
Apparently, well, let's get into our Vince being Vince uh, I love business. It. He was interviewed uh, by Variety, um, I believe, this week, of course, you know, kind of talking about the big TV deal. You know, he's very, you know, he gives rare interviews, um, you know, so this was a definitely a pretty big thing here. Uh, but one of the things is he was saying that wrestlers can take off at any time without any repercussions. Uh, all they have to do is come and ask. Uh, he says the the talent is, you know, they're, they're real-life human beings, so stuff happens. Um, a, do you think that's a total BS uh, statement like I thought it was? Because, you know, what's the oldest thing in wrestling? You can't take a day off because you can't lose your spot. And B, um, it showcases, too, you know, not, not only from that, because, of course, they brought up the John Oliver you know, kind of a, hey, when you, you know, let your wrestlers take some time off, what have you, um, you know, an off season, um, if you will, there. I mean, do, I mean, I don't know. Do, do you think that's a bunch of crack or do you think that's a legit yeah. type of a statement there? Oh, and, and I know it's not directly correlated with it, but ask Luke Harper how that is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ask Rey Mysterio how it was. Well, to and be fair, okay. Luke Harper can't do a southern accent, so he wrote him off years uh, ago, which, be a star. Be a star. Yeah. Why, of course that's the reason you're punished and have to ride six months more on your contract. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's, yeah. Look, Vince McMahon is just, the problem he's running into, and I, I was thinking about this, is there. You know, everybody puts puts over the fact that there's finally an alternative, and people know mm-hmm. that you don't have to go to the W. Like the Young Bucks proved, you don't have to work in a major company to be successful. They proved the independents have grown and are worth a damn. Yeah. You know, t- Tony Just ask Deppen, Generation Me. Fred, <laughs> Fred of the show, Tony Deppen said, "Boy, if if I could have weekends like I did for WrestleMania weekend, I would never have to have a nine to five job." <laughs> you know, wow. and that's and and look, I'm not trying to just shit in his cornflakes or piss in his cornflakes, but that's Tony Deppen. That's not, you know, Sasha Banks, who would mm. command so much more. So I think these people are realizing that they don't have to put up with this crap, and they see that the the line the line in the sand that there is a thing called good creative wrestling, and it can be there for people to watch and partake in. And AEW is going to prove it. And I think the other aspect of it is this generation of wrestlers, majority of them came in from the independents. This isn't your bikini models and weightlifters anymore. This is your independent wrestlers who had creative control with a lot of their bookings and got to do things. And they come in here and they're all, everything they do gets changed around and screwed around and they don't (laughs) like it and they don't want to deal with it. And they have enough balls to step up. You know, you asked me about Leo Rush a few weeks ago, and and I totally forgot to preface this, this, but he said that they offered him a $300,000 contract for five years. Now, that's that's shorter than the the, the rumored $500,000 deal that the Revival turned down. But supposedly, and, and a lot, I mean, he said this flat out himself on some he did some interview where you can get all this information. I was totally going to bring this up a couple weeks ago and I forgot. But Leo Rush said, "I'm not taking that deal. Pay me double 
And if you're not going to pay me double than that, then let me then just let me walk and I'll quit. Like hmm. he he turned down 300k, asked for 600, and said, "Well, then fire me." And he said that um, he's he on those Bobby Lashley shirts that you know his his saying and, and his yeah. likeness is with those. He doesn't get any revenue on those shirts. It's a shame. And he he started doing that cameo stuff for 20 bucks. For 20 bucks, Alex, you can have a personalized message from him uh, wishing you great luck on your uh, day of work. Why? Because he said it's a struggle to, to feed his family with the amount of hotels and and car rentals he has with the amount of money he's making on the main roster with his downside guarantee. You, you know, and whether, whether people are mad at him because he didn't want to carry water for the stars, like we said on, on a, on a European tour, which whatever, that's, it's, it's no different than sports. You know, the new guy on the tour carries the water. Fine. Suck it up. Mm-hmm. Be quiet. You know, when, when, when they go on the next tour and Adam Cole and Roderick strong are there, they're going to do it. And they're not going to complain because it's just, they weren't bullying him. It's just, it's not hazing. It's not bullying. It's just, look, man, the Respect. new guy does it. Watch Hard Knocks. You see it every year on Hard Knocks. Um, so I don't agree with him getting mad about that, but I but I, I find it hard to believe that this company who just got a billion-dollar deal doesn't have enough money to pay their wrestler to the point he has to do video greetings on a website. And I'll find I'll tell you, that's Leo Rush does our greeting because I thought he deserved a payday. Yeah, you know, this, this was twenty bucks, Alex. What's going on? This is the man of the hour, Leo Rush, the twenty-four-year-old piece of gold himself, and you are officially listening to Russell Cast Radio. Why should that guy who's on Monday Night Raw have to get twenty dollars from Ryan Cook to introduce our show, and he works for WWE? That is ludicrous. <sighs> What is this the nineties when they're and making sixty bucks? Is 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 this the prime time where we can say anything vulgar? Are yes. we in that stage yet? That this is fucking disrespectful and pathetic. It's it's yeah. unbelievable that when I I went and wrestled in, in Anoka and made almost three times what this guy did to do that. How am I getting that when he's got to take that? That's bullshit. Why is this guy having to pay for his own rental car and hotel room? <laughs> that I never understood, to be honest. I mean, oh. I assume Japan, don't they pay for the flights and hotels they, and whatnot? They, they they pay for the hotels and they kind of, they NXT it, I think, where they do the buses. Yeah, so I mean, why wouldn't they, I mean, A, group rates. I mean, what a hotel wouldn't want to sell, you know, pretty much. The three floors of rooms for you know this big of a company like why they only do it what a mania weekend correct but so. that why not do it all the freaking time i never it's, understood it's, that it's annoying. It, when when i booked samoa um yeah cabana? when i booked some or no cabana was different cabana was nice uh cabana was <laughs> i paid for cabana's flight and then now, so they'll pay for your flight to the first city, and then you pay your rental car the rest of the way, and then they pay your, for your flight back home. But you have to pay okay. for the rental car and the hotel with WWE. When I booked Samoa Joe, I paid for his flight, and I paid for his hotel. When I booked Colt Kamana, I paid for his flight, 
I, I paid for his hotel and he turned it down and he's like, Hey, you know, you know, Sean Davari, just drop me off at Sean's house in Bloomington and I'll just crash there with him. Cause I'm going to go to another booking from the airport around there anyway. Cool. Thanks, man. You just saved me a hundred bucks. Nice. It's not, you got to pay for it. It's not me going, well, well, Scott, um, the way it's going to work here is I'll fly you to the airport, but then you're going to get a rental car and, and drive to East St. Paul, and then you can find your own hotel. That's not how it works. Yeah. You're coming to my company, and I'm going to host you. Oh, man. So like, I, it's ridiculous. I, I don't want to get back Overseas, on the wheel. you don't have to pay for anything, though, right? No, I believe that because they do the busting and all that stuff, but it's just. You know, I, I don't mean to take go back into the Leo Rush thing, but it's just when you know you mentioned that that Vince McMahon thing, and it just you know I, we joke about the Luke Harper, but then my mind starts thinking, and, and it just it just it's, 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 it just blows my mind. He's so popular backstage too. That's the thing that irks me is everybody loves Luke Harper from production to the writers to the wrestlers. Everybody, you know, is, is, you know, they always say he's a ray of light backstage here. And then, you know, when, when there's nothing but dark clouds, you know, that, that, you know, kind of covers that, that sunshine there, you know, which, you know, I'm sure the wrestlers and, and people backstage kind of like to see, like, that's a bummer that, you know, is already bring a morale down as is everything with Vince, uh, including my, my brother, uh, you know, since we do share the same date of birth, uh, even uh, Trips, the Triple H is uh, getting to uh, his road dogness, where he's getting extremely uh, upset, frustrated, irritated, whatever you want to say, uh, with with Vince McMahon. He's waiting for him to step down, but you know, like they always say, you know, that won't happen until you know it's it's literally he's he's knocking on on, you know, the other side there. It's kind of weird to say. But, you know, that's always been the adage. Vince will never step down until he dies. And it's just like you see it in the product. You see it in the ratings, you know, and, and whatnot. You see it on people complaining, you know, whether it's Raw, Game of Thrones, SmackDown, the Lost finale, whatever it is, you know, people complain. But that's why we took our sabbatical. You know, because it was getting god-awful. You know, you didn't need to go the three hours. You know, thankfully, SmackDown's only going to be two when it moves to Friday nights on Fox. But, geez, man, I mean, when when your own, uh, you know, son-in-law is like, dude, like, stop giving me writing changes two seconds before we go on air. Or, hey, you know, this is an example. You know, Dana Brooke, you know, they say is one of the hardest workers that they have. She, you know, goes to the performance center. She goes there early. She helps sets up the ring. She gets in the ring, you know, so she can get better, you know, and creative has been pitching all this stuff for her. And then, you know, nothing, you know, and, and you can't fall for someone that's trying to get better. I know you're not a huge fan of Dana Brooke, but you know, that that's one example that, that was uh, kind of told to Wade Keller uh, this past week here. Um, and, and just so many other different instances where it's just like, you know, they, they even say that Vince, all he does is watch WWE, no NXT, maybe a takeover, but he just watches the E, nothing else, and just works out. And then calls Bruce Pritchard at 2 in the morning to have meetings. <laughs> you know, and I'll say this too with um, 
with Dana Brooke, if, you know, I've always said she's not a good worker. But if there's one thing I can say, every time I reviewed her matches last year in my little notebook, what did I always say? She took some of the nastiest bumps I have ever seen someone take. And she worked hard. And and yeah. what you said is proof in the pudding. Like, she's actively trying to improve. You know, she, she had that she had that depression or whatever because of the didn't her boyfriend kill himself or something? Yes. It was some terrible thing. So I mean, you know, she moved and did the Titus worldwide and you could tell she was kinda of letting herself go and didn't care, which I mean it is what it is, but you know, now she's got herself back in shape and she's trying to improve and I look, I don't discredit that. It, it, I will never crap on a wrestler that I can tell is trying their hardest to do something good. Is as bad as Lana was, you could see and you'd read enough reports that she was actively trying to improve. You know, mm-hmm. the, the times I'd watch Total Divas, you'd see her with Teddy Hart, and, or not Teddy Hart, uh, Tyson Kidd and stuff, in a wrestling ring trying to get better. You can't discredit those people. I discredit the Tamina Snookas who just mosey around the ring like a Neanderthal and can't even do a a splash and that's your family lineage you know so I will, I will give Dana Brooke the credit that she tries hard and you I don't I don't understand a company like this that doesn't reward people for trying hard like you hear all these reports about these guys trying to improve and trying to yeah. do better and trying to change their character and trying to work at this and it does it, it, okay that's great well thank you you know it's one of the reason I preach I preach that that not only is he not ready yet, but if they rush Velveteen Dream to the main roster, he's going to be fired in a, in a year. He'll be Adam Rose. He'll be no way Jose, even though he's in the contract. Because he's, he's not there yet. And, and you see it in the ring, and that's fine, because his opponents are good enough that they put him in there with that can work around any weaknesses he may have in, in the longevity of a match. In a short match, it's fine. In tag matches, it's fine. But you know, every one of his matches, just, you could tell a point where he starts not, you know, he starts getting not, not even lost, but there's parts where you're like, okay, this is where his opponent needs to get him through the match. And they do it. And, and you can never discredit how hard that dude works and how hard he, he works on mm-hmm. his character, how hard that dude is always trying. And the fact that he went on tough enough as an indie guy with Leo Rush, you know, bringing it back to Leo Rush here, ironically. But if he goes up to that main roster, he's going to get eaten alive. And, you know, you know, once again, it's the guy who busted his ass, took a very weird gimmick, and made it successful. And it's, it's just going to get thrown on. It's just going to get dumped on, and it's going to be it. Oof. Look at, look at Alistair Black. He's got bridge door creaking when he, when he goes up. Oh, my God. I saw a, a Ricochet one where it was, like, old-timey comic book uh, sound effects and he would like jump and flip. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, unless you're Andrade and you demand a push and you're told learn some English and get back to me. Oh my God. That just kind of shows you. His his saving grace is now he's Charlotte's. uh, Yeah. 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 Like they're engaged now. So obviously, you know, he's going to be on whatever brand she'll be on when we see the show. So, at least we know he's going to have a job. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, speaking of jobs, um, rumors are uh, for the new, a few more, uh, 
Becky Lynch uh, is apparently uh, going to be on the cover of WWE 2K20. That is crazy to say. Um, what do you think of that? Is that the smart choice since she's been the hottest thing for the past uh, oh, yeah. eight months? I Yeah, I figured that the moment uh, they started talking about a potential new or the next game. I don't know. Like, I don't know who else you'd even consider to put on it. You know what I mean? Like, even, not, yeah. I put Ronda Can't on do there. Rollins again. Oh, like, no. And the other cool factor into that story, which, hey, kudos to, kudos to the man, definitely well-deserved, is uh, is the company behind the 2K franchise, Ukes, apparently wants some healthy competition and is looking for, at, uh, or they're going to be making another wrestling game that's apparently not going to be WWE. Now, with the big news that's happened today, well, I guess that we sort of known uh, since January, uh, with one company, do you think that could be an all elite wrestling game, Impact game, or New Japan game? Yes, I know they have. Uh, the the uh, PS4 game, what was that, Fire Pro or, or what have you? Um, but do you think that it's going to be one of those three, or could it be something like an NXT, NXT UK game? Um, I I think there's a chance that they could they could make a more arcade kind of game um, that still could be WWE. Um, but they, they did say they're making... We've had those, and those sucked. Yeah, they did suck. Um, you know, they, they did talk too that there's that, that it's going to be a w, or a, a new wrestling IP. I think there's a very good chance too. It could be something that maybe does if if it is a Japanese company that it doesn't get released in the states. Um, but I could uh, also see it being something kind of like Fire Pro Wrestling was before the New Japan Jump On, and it's just you know fictional characters. I just I don't see so not DDT. Maybe. I mean, it'd be cool. <laughs> I, I think that would be a crazy game. Could you imagine having a, a Antonio Honda title defense with a hand puppet match or whatever? Oh, man. Had? Just give me the invisible man. That's all I want. <laughs> um, Lars Sullivan defined $100,000. Has he made that yet? Um, and is going to sensitivity training for his bigoted <laughs> and uh, horrid remarks he made many, many years ago. Some while in NXT, but majority of them before he signed on the dotted line with World Wrestling Entertainment. A hundred thousand. So does that mean he's in the red, Ryan? Do you think this is legit? <laughs> what, what 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 do you think about this this absurd headline um, here? I'll I'll say it's I, I I look at it as obviously what he said shouldn't have been said. We all know that. There's nothing. I mean, there's. I mean, what he said was was pretty pretty messed up, but I don't I don't understand how you can find a guy for something he did before he was in the company. Like I understand you're trying to set a precedent that we're punishing our guy for these coming out, but to be fair, these came out and he wasn't with you guys. So, mm-hmm. you know, I I understand punishing him and, and doing things like that, but. You can't find somebody for something that you had no no control over. It wasn't even your wheelhouse. If you want to do something, just fire the guy. 
<laughs> I mean, let's be real. He's not going to be uh, superstar of the year or making any of oh, our, our top ten list. Apparently, he's hurting people, so they have to uh, maneuver his, his move sets around. You have Luke Harper sitting in your wings. Maybe he's not that as big as that dumb jawed guy, but he's a big dude who can work with everybody, who is incredible in the ring, and he can do any sort of style of wrestling you want. Like, oh, yeah. When he, he was wife beater in jeans, he was doing dives, he was working technical, and then when he made him the Bludgeon Brothers, it suddenly oh, it suddenly man. felt like he was six, six inches taller because of the way he wrestled. It's all about you know those I mean? helmets. He changed his whole wrestling style for mm-hmm. that character, and he, he literally went from a a guy who could do way more than he should for his size to wrestling as a glorified big man. He has the ability to do both. Just use him. He's <laughs> sitting there. So He's waiting. It's not hard. It's, it's not hard. Uh, speaking of what is hard, that didn't, that was a weird transition. Uh, all elite, all all elite wrestling. The big news, you know, kind of being announced um, here. Ryan Earl Hebner is hashtag all elite. One of the referees oh. to be signed, uh, along with uh, WrestleCast Radio's fave Bryce Remsburg, uh, as well as Rick Knox. Uh, you know, kind of from the the West Coast there, and Paul Turner coming from, I believe, Ring of Honor. Yeah, well, uh, Rick Knox was a huge guy with PWG and the Young Bucks. Um, oh, huge so. matches. There, like at one point, like Rick Knox did a suicide dive over the top rope on the two of them. What? <laughs> I mean, like, That's yeah, awesome. there's Rick Knox was in angles with them in PWG, which is which is great. As well as Aubrey Edwards, uh, the the first female official for All Elite Wrestling. Um, but all joking aside, also Jerry Lynn announced as a coach alongside badass Billy Gunn. Um, but uh, Justin Roberts being announced, you know, as the ring announcer. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jim Ross, Excalibur, Alex Marvez, a part of the announce team. But on the All Elite Wrestling website, Ryan... It also shows Conrad Thompson as being a part of that announced team, but he has yet to uh, say, or he has actually said, I don't know. They haven't told me. I have no affiliation with All Elite, but it says Conrad Thompson, uh, part of that announced team there. Uh, Some pretty interesting stuff. But, of course, uh, the big news, uh, BMA official, uh, they will be a part of the Turner uh, and Warner Brothers family there being on TNT. Yes, wrestling is coming back to TNT here uh, come this October. Um, you know, the, the Bucks, Cody, Tony Khan, Adam Page, uh, Britt Baker, um, and of course the uh, Chief Brandy Officer, Brandy Rhodes, all showing up, taking a picture with Shaq. So maybe we'll get Shaq back on some TNT wrestling programming here. Uh, maybe uh, Paul White might show up. Who knows? Uh, but uh, probably not. But uh, we we never got that match, by the way, which is a damn shame. Um, take your victory lap, sir. All elite <laughs> on Turner. Uh, look, I I knew this like the day before Wrestle Kingdom that this was going to happen, and I 
I told Alex in the hotel room. Uh, uh, Isaiah also knew this. We can I can include him in here. Uh, you know, we were told straight from the horse's mouth, Matt Jackson, that you know we're going to be on Turner starting in October on Tuesday. So um, we just it's just a matter of waiting for SmackDown to turn, and it'll probably be the week. The week they're not on TV. I'm get, from what I was told is their first week. So. You know, October 10th or whatever, if that's the week that they're gone, October 12th or whatever, that Tuesday will be their debut. Um, it's it's been, it's been set in stone, and, you know, it's part of the reason we didn't see any of the elite guys on the New Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it's great to have competition. I think they're going to do a great job. I love the, that, that they're going to treat it as wrestling, and it's going to have, you know, the win-loss thing is going to be interesting. Um, ESPN really is, is talking about co-promoting some stuff maybe with WWE because of the XFL. Ah, yeah. You know, now, now if you're TNT, you can co-promote with the NBA. Now, I believe there, it's either Tuesday or Wednesday, TNT is, does those um, players-only games now where, like, players do the commentating that got really over. I want to mm-hmm. say it's on... Wednesday, but it could be on Tuesdays. And if that's the case, then maybe they just move um, All Elite to Wednesday. But I'm pretty sure that Tuesday Night Dynamite thing will stick. We'll have to see. Um, <laughs> but I mean, we, we all know the NBA is the bread and butter of TNT, so what, what oh, that gotcha. kind of comes from. But I think it's a brilliant move. You're on a network that's already ran wrestling. They already they have fire coming behind the logo already. <laughs> like it's like... <laughs> No, I mean, this is something that I, I've been really excited about, and I couldn't wait um, to hear get announced so we, we know it's a real thing. And, you know, I, like I said, I mentioned it to Alex a few months ago, and I'm glad it's happening because I think this is going to be good for wrestling. And this is legit oh, gotcha. now. And, you know, I'll say this. A couple people, a couple of different radio shows um, said, if you right now, the WWE is in such a rut, would it be, like, you, I know this, you don't do this. This isn't what you want to do, and it's kind of stupid. It would be a stupid idea because you're splitting the audience as, as minuscule as it is now. But if you ever wanted to take a shot at the WWE, would now be the time to go on? Like, I mean, I it's going to pop a big number no matter what. I, I know. I, I think, but that's the thing. They don't want to be bigger than the E right off the bat. They want to get their foot wet. They or feet wet. You know, they, they essentially just want to establish themselves on their own. They're all elite wrestling. You know, that right there, you know, it's it it's just showcases there. Yes, I get wrestling is in the WWE name, but it's also entertainment. You know, they yeah. you know, with their press release, they totally we're throwing some shade over at the E just showcasing athletes and wrestling and and <laughs> losses, you know, this and that, which, you know, said at the press conference, you know, as well, which I mean, the attitude era, Cody Rhodes or Cody is trying to build that, you know, trying to erase that from people's minds. And I think that right there, that that's such, that's all you need for that match. That's all, all elite needs to kind of go forward, you know, with this alternative product, you know, that, that we witnessed last year in Chicago at all in and now Vegas next week. I mean, 
sold out in under 30 minutes. I mean, they, they have a fantastic card. You know, they, they add more talent, it seems like, week by week. I mean, they, they just added Angelico and, um, you know, Jack Evans, who they're taking on best friends now. And I'm sure it's going to be a crazy – I don't know where Angelico is going to jump off of, you know, and during <laughs> that match. But it's going to be somewhere high, that's for sure. Like, every match can steal the show. We're getting T-Hawk and Al Lindemann, which Shima, by the way, taking on SoCal on center. Al Lindemann and T-Hawk in Vegas. Watch out, ladies. Uh, you know, of course, you had the main event with Omega and Jericho. Uh, but some of these matches, I mean, you get Adam Page and Pac. Um, you know, you, you the women's match is a new uh, tag match with Aja Kong, Yuka Sakazaki, um, and Emi Sakura taking on Hikoru Shida. Riho and Rio Mizunami. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I know three of those wrestlers, but I'm intrigued to, to watch the other three and how brutal of a chop fest. I think Aja Kong might put Walter the shame, but we'll see, you know, kind of next Saturday there. You get some uh, Sammy Guevara and Kip Sabian, you know, and don't forget Britt Baker, Kylie Ray, and Nyla Rose. I mean, these are pretty damn good matches to kind of mark, mark your territory if you will. And then, of course, the Casino Battle Royal, not the over-the-budget Battle Royal anymore. Um, but this one, only 21 entrants, Ryan, in this Casino Battle Royale. How it starts is five competitors start in the ring. Then every three minutes, the next set of five comes until that last uh, entrant, that lucky 21 there. And what's cool is the winner of this gets a title shot. Um, a future shot uh, at the AEW World Championships, whenever that happens. But still, they're stacking the deck. They're putting the pressure on the neck of World Wrestling Entertainment just by putting on, you know, this type of a card. And then, you know, of course, they have the event in Jacksonville, the rumored events for Labor Day. But damn, Ryan, if they keep adding talent, I mean, and, and then just putting on quality matches like this, week-by-week week basis, just imagine the storylines that's going to come out of this. It's it's insane. It's nuts, and it's something that we, we, we wanted. The fact that TNA really didn't prosper is because it was on, you know, your Spike TVs, your Pursuits, your Twitch channels, and what have you. Hell, Twitch probably gets more viewers than they got, you know, when they were on, on regular television. Uh, if you're able to find the channels like Pop TV. But TNT, that's such a huge grab for this company, for Tony Khan. Um, I mean, this is just, I mean, it's revolutionary is what it is. The new age of WWE, or of, of professional wrestling, sorry. And as Matt Riddle said, you know, he tweeted out, you know, earlier today, essentially, like, hey, this is exciting. Now this is competition. Now everybody's going to raise their game. And, and like, gosh, like, I... I love that you brought up some of these matches and you knew I was a huge proprietor for Yuka Sakasaki coming in because she is one of my yeah. favorites in, in Tokyo Joshi Pro. Um, Emmy Sakura, for those that don't know, she wrestled, she's wrestling since like 94, but she founded Ice Ribbon, which is um, kind of like an indie Joshi company underneath Tokyo Joshi Pro and Sendai Girls and Stardom. Um, so she started Ice Ribbon in 06. And then she moved on to Gato Move Pro Wrestling, which I believe is a Thailand-based company. I could Ooh. be wrong, so I don't on on Gato. Um, 
but that's also where um, Riho comes from. She was in Ice Ribbon with Emmy uh, Emmy Sakura when that started from till 2012, and then yeah, Emmy Sakura started Gotta Move Pro in Thailand. So when she sold off Ice Ribbon, um, she went and started a wrestling company in Thailand, Alashima in China, and she brought uh, Riho with her. So they're on opposite ends of this match too. And then uh, Rio Mizunami, um, she's part of Pro Wrestling Wave, which is another like Ice Ribbon kind of a independent Joshi company in Japan. So oh, I mean, wow. in this company, you you got you got your Ice Ribbon Sendai Girl type uh, Asia Kong. Asia Kong, I think, might be an Oz Academy now. So we'll just stick with that. So you got Oz Academy with Asia Kong, Tokyo Joshi Pro with Yuka Sakazaki. You got Gato Move with Emi Sakura and, and uh, uh, Riho. You got Rio Mizunami with with uh, Pro Wrestling Wave. And then you got Hikaru Shida, who does a bunch of the companies over there. Ice Ribbon, I think, is still one she's in. So they grabbed, you could argue, you know, five, four to six women that all work in different companies working on this. Damn. And they're going to, this, this match, I'm literally, literally going to say, is going to be one of the probably three or four best matches on the card. I'm going to put my stamp of approval on it because they got such a great vast group of women. And I don't, I think a lot of these women have never potentially have never touched in a wrestling ring. So if you're a Joshi fan, which I I often on through my life have been, this is, this is, this is a hell of a match. Um, But I mean, you look, you look at some of the, some of the stuff and it's, ah, I mean that that card is going to be great. That Thank you, is, Kenny Omega. This card is going to, you know, um, talking about Emmy Sakura, um, she trained Riho, like I mentioned, with with Sendai Girl or with uh, uh, Ice Ribbon, but I didn't know she actually trained Hikaru Shida also. That I did not know. So hmm. Hikaru Shida worked Ice Ribbon. Um, she was in Wave. She was in Oz. She was Sendai Girls Champion. She's only thirty. Um, I don't know what she's been doing other than like freelancing stuff. So she's just been traveling around. She's even in, uh, in November, she, she worked Shimmer, challenging Mercedes Martinez for their title. So nice. Hikara, she just working everywhere. So um, Emmy Sakura, it's, it's hell of a hell of a hand there. She's a, she's been around for a long time. Debuted in '95 too. Um, so it's 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 going to be awesome to see. And I just I wanted to point that match out for the people that might not know who those. That's going to be a really, really fun show stealer on this card. I can't wait to watch that with you, so you can kind of school me on uh, on the uh, the craziness. I'm sure that we're going to uh, be watching in a lot of these oh, matches, which you can oh, watch enjoy. on pay per view. Uh, oh, enjoy the that was Oscar too, the car she does. <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. Um, on pay per view for fifty nine ninety nine, or on the Bleacher Report Live app. Um, for forty nine ninety nine, a lot of people are kind of hemming and hawing on these price points here. I'm kind of bummed the Fight TV's not uh, a proprietor, but I get it due to the Warner Media, you know, kind of tie-in that they have now. Because uh, Fight usually has them for about thirty nine ninety nine. A lot of people are saying, "Huh, I can watch a pay per view for ten bucks," but I mean, really, we're paying for the quality, right? Oh yeah, I. SoCal and Censored against Shima T. Hawk and Lindemann, like you mentioned. Uh, yes, please. Here's my, like, I, I'm trying to give you my money right now. And, and I did not know 
that Chucky T and Beretta got pulled from the Battle Royal and are working on the Helico and Jack Evans. That is freaking awesome. They are building such a strong tag division because you got best friends and Helico and Jack Evans. You have the Young Bucks. You have the Lucha Bros. You could argue you have Stronghearts and SoCal and Censor, depending what you want to do with any of those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish we would have got the Usos in Revival. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what about this? Is is Jericho Omega, is that main eventing? Or do you think there's an outside chance? I mean, obviously Bucks, Lucha Bros could main event, especially I'm assuming Lucha Bros win the tag titles back. Um, so they'll want to put over a title change, I'm sure. But I, think I mean, if they a, do the Hail Mary. I think there's a small shot Paige and Pac could main event. If they do a Hail Mary and make that for the actual AEW World of Heavyweight Championship, as Adam Page said at the press conference, I want to be the first champion. If they kind of do that, something you know, with the B&D Elite this week to showcase that, then yeah, that's your go-to main event. A, you're no. showcasing new talent stateside. Yeah, people know him from the Bullet Club, New Japan, or what have you. People are familiar with Pac as his days as Neville and his awesome plaid shirts and, you know, glasses that he would rock there. Um, but that's where you give him the 30, 35 minutes that we know both men can easily do um, and go and, and make that your showcase. Hell yeah, that's your main event. That will make your fans go home happy with the crowning of the first and new All Elite Wrestling Champion. And let me let me say this too. Um, wow, damn Jericho is. Did you see that picture Jericho posted on Instagram today? Uh uh-uh. uh. Eleven he days. Yeah, he looks good. Dave Batista even even said, "Killing it, brother." Um, he's <laughs> give me what I want. Yeah, I mean. He's still got the, got a little chub or whatever, but I mean he is jacked up. Oh, I mean, jeez, what is he MMA he looks, training? Yeah, he looks good for an old older dude, man. He looks great. Kudos to him. Ooh, uh, yeah. I mean, but, uh, I'm him and Okada. Jeez, watch out, June 9th. Shade maker. Um, but, and I'm sure that's why he's getting back in shape because he's gonna have to work Kenny and then Cosby. <laughs> Oh, it's not just I'm going to go work Iron Mike Sharp again on Wrestling Challenge. You know, this is not, <laughs> no, bro, you're going to have a half hour in your future easily on both, so you better get ready. And Okada ain't brawling on the outside. He's in the ring just working. So you gotta, you're going to need some, <laughs> some cardio. But it, I see, I, I love the talk of the, the title match because Pac has shown, and you got to see it finally, what he's doing in Dragon Gate. Yes. And he is having a run where... He's in there and he's just physically brutalizing his opponent. And like, I mean, he's overkilling it. Oh, I got you beat with a tombstone off the middle rope, and eh, I'll still do the black arrow. You know, I mean, he's he's <laughs> destroying his competition and then mouthing off to him. Yeah, he's having a, a a career year right now. And what a better way to do it than have him win the title, and then we can let these these masters of storytelling like Kenny and Cody and the Bucks. Let them tell the story with input from Pac of Adam Page chasing for the title. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Because they would tell it correctly. And, and you could even give it where he gets the rematch and he loses again and has to work his way back up there. But he gives that, just like Heyman said, with 
remember Heyman's thing he always said about Steve Austin was so smart. He was the smartest man ever. I wanted him to beat Mikey Whipwreck, and he says it's bad business. And I said, why? He goes, because then I can get that microphone and go, Mikey, you were the better man. But I was that close, and I tasted the gold, and I know what it tastes like, and now I'm that much hungrier to come and beat you for it. And he just understood business. You know, yes. and that's what they do with Adam Page. Like, that's one of the go-to promo things that I ever heard somebody talk about another person getting the wrestling business. And I think that's that was what shaped my mind with a lot of it, was hearing Paul Heyman talk about how Austin was like, I can't win the title. I got to talk about how much hungry I am. So now there's a reason for a, a, another match and a chase. And I'm like, God, I never would have thought of that. It's, you know... So simple, and people can't perfect that craft. And I think you could do something like that with Paige and Pac. <laughs> oh man, so so many possibilities, so much uh, you know, kind of excitement that all elite wrestling uh, is bringing to the table. One one a week, man. What uh, nine days? Nine days. I cannot wait. <laughs> I don't know if I'm more excited for John Wick three tomorrow. Or, uh, or or definitely double or nothing, or maybe that EWI show. Hey, don't forget you'll be skipping uh, AEW to travel to that show. Um, well, I mean, if it's to see the Daredevil, I mean, I'm just Ladies happy I'm going to get a chair to myself. You have heard the best. You heard the creators. They're currently offline because it's an issue of iTunes. Something about a hack. So here it is, ladies and gentlemen, for your ears only, WrestleCast Radio. EWI sucks. <laughs> you know what I think is the funniest part about that is that at the end of the intro, he still remembered we talked about, oh, there's this company called EWI. Yeah. He still remembers. <laughs> Elite Wrestling, in, I never knew the I stood for initiative. Uh, what? Uh, initiative presents introducing the Royal, is it purge or purse? Cause purse is spelled incorrectly then uh, the Royal purge then for the diamond championship. You get a headbanger, you get a GameStop employee, you get uh, the unretirement of Adam Rose, uh, you get young Ryan cook, and then you get uh, Sam Adonis jr. Young Ryan Cook. Wait a minute. First and foremost, the guy behind Rose. Like if you grew your hair out, like your spunky little brother, you would always just push down. Uh, Is this is this the EWI XL event? (laughs) Wait, is that the one with with the the chick who beat Demetrius Wrestling? Oh, here we go. Okay, all right. Okay, so we have go through this list here so I can follow along. Start from left to right where we, right. Have fat, we have fat Demtris. Start with yeah, fat why Demtris. did they use a stock photo from three years ago? And B, why is he half cut out of the picture? Isn't he their champ? Confusion. No, you get no, he lost the title. He lost why the isn't the champ on it then? The main guy. The Sage Let's King. No, the champion's Desiree, whatever her name is, the one that's on the other show. What? I'm confused now. Um, All right, so let's start with Fat Demtris. 
Oh my God, he, he still weighs like a buck fifty, soaking wet. <laughs> uh, you get young, you get young Ryan Cook. Oh, you kiss my ass. You get Adam Rose. You get Sam Adonis and a Rhino if they merge. It's the guy in the middle. You get James Stafford employee number one. (laughs) That's my MMA t-shirt guy. I want him to win. Then you you get a headbanger. And Victoria. (laughs) Is is the headbanger guy wearing a, a, a mask? Nope, I just think that uh, he, he listened to a My Chemical Romance song, and he was like, this is who I am. And he has a giant um, F in the middle of his forehead. <laughs> Shout out to, to uh, Adam Rose. That's uh, Jaden. I wrestled him in his first match. He's, uh, he's, I think he's either dating or engaged to Road Warrior Animal's daughter. And uh, That's that guy kinda... who was at the gimmick? Who was at All yeah, In? He... Yep, yep. That was, oh, yeah, yeah. He was at that thing. And then uh, he's also has been on Monday Night Raw before. Part of the uh, Rosebuds? Yeah. Yes, he was. That guy didn't have hair like that at all in. Come on. Unless they're just using a really old photo. Why, why am I young? What does is, what is young Ryan Cook have written on his waistband with that? With that treasured trail underneath Demetrius' elbow pad? Something chance? Oh man! Oh man! <laughs> Come on! I didn't have hair like that. That's bullshit. <laughs> I I totally want M- MMA guy to win. MMA <laughs> MMA guy. Hasburg could take MMA guy. Come on! Not only in in the ring, but with your bets. Now do your promo <laughs> on their site. On their go. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's standing next to Hunter Selmsley. <laughs> Don't forget to follow Sports Betting Masters so you can uh, be a friend uh, with with one of the founders of Sports Betting Masters. Dude, what is he wearing? Wait, why is that his? Is that his wrestling attire? I hope not. That t-shirt was. If I was a Mikey Whipwreck, I'd be pissed stealing his gimmick. <laughs> he, he he looks like <laughs> I can't even do this anymore. I gotta I gotta fucking. <laughs> we'll see you Friday night, folks. We'll we'll discuss nights one and two of Strong Style uh, Super Strong Style sixteen and <laughs> the best of the Super Juniors. Because oh my God, I can go twenty minutes on a one. Alone, unfortunately, Ryan disagrees with me. Ooh, are you talking about the Super Juniors or on Progress? Super Juniors. Uh, I I I did watch the last two. Um, I really liked Shingo and Show. That, that's and, uh, all you got. I really liked match well, of the no, year. I, that's the best Super Junior match I would say all year. It, it might be. Yeah, I mean that was a hell of a good match. They were going hard. They told a story better than what the E has done in the last three years. Yeah, it was no joke. It was good. It was really good. And when they started turning it up at the end there, like some of those lariats that Shingo was throwing were so Jeez. hard. <laughs> but I, I thought some of them I that show was doing. My God. Yeah. 
the, the, that um, was the, the dead, coming out party. That deadlift German suplex to Shingo, oh, my God. where he literally looked like a, he was doggy paddling in the air. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was. I mean, the main event was really good too, though. To, to be fair. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was, but what I, I mean, are we going to talk? Should we talk the first night since we got a few shekels left? Or well, I think I think your audible idea is is a decent point. Yes. I think we we knocked out a lot of good news and it was just kind of a news filled show that what I it's just like we always say, ah, we'll you know, we'll probably have ninety minutes worth of stuff. Well, <laughs> we've like gone, to do ninety. <laughs> yeah, well we've done a hundred and we haven't even got to the reason we were doing this show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so I I think we should come back this weekend, whether yep. we do Friday or Saturday. Um, Friday, I might have something going on. I realize that I forgot about, but I may not. So if I don't, we'll be all good. Um, I will okay. know more in the next day or so. But perfect. I think I think we should just we should cover just just do a street. You know, in a perfect world, if we could almost do back to back, where we do one night of Super Junior and one night knocking out the entire uh, Super Sixteen, I think is money. I'm game. Um, we Even we could do one before Game of Thrones, the finale. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Sydney takes a nap at two, and I got three hour window. Boom. <laughs> you know what I mean. And we and got three days people... of super strong stuff to talk about. But please, yeah. ladies and germs, all you ham and eggers out there, watch. You definitely gotta watch uh, Show and Shingo because I will say this: if Shingo, hell, if Show didn't go to the back and looked at Dragon Lee and says. Instead of follow that shit, um, a la Batista, um, uh, I, I really hope they did. Because this was a match that changed the freaking landscape for me on what juniors... I'm, I mean, that's that's a dumb statement because I, I've been in awe with them since of my, my New Japan, you know, kind of showcase here. But that match, man, again, just story-wise... And and just the hard hitting and what's been leading up to it for over the last eight months, you know, since Shingo kind of came in, uh, show comes out with black hair for God's sake, comes out a totally new man. I don't know when he's going to super kick a yo through the, uh, the barbershop window here, um, but damn man, we're punky three k all three members. Uh, I, I've watched night two as well. Uh, they are making some noise, and if they kind of come out of this tournament as a, even a, a stronger faction or team, whatever you want to call them, then New Japan needs to be afraid. LIGA needs to be afraid. Chaos needs to be afraid, because damn, man, these three gentlemen are, are putting on clinics, and you just want to watch more and more, and what's crazy is it's just the beginning for, the, yeah. for two of these but a nice rebirth for Rocky Romero as well. Yeah, um, and that's the one thing too is like a lot of a lot of people said Dragon Lee and and Ishimori was kind of like Okada Sonata. Their first match was great, but the second one needed to get into the next year to really get you there. But it wasn't bad yes. by any means. Um, I love the fact that, or I shouldn't say I, I loved but hated, if that makes sense, without getting too much into it. I love the decisive finish for Ishimori with the bloody cross, which I thought, and I thought that was the cleanest one he's landed too. Like you could see him cross his leg and drop him on it, where normally it just looks like a chest breaker. 
Like, it was one of the cleanest bloody crosses he's done. But it ended right when it felt like it was starting to pick up. And that was my only slight about that match. I think it was still a great match, but... And, I mean, shit, can you imagine what you had to follow? <laughs> I mean, you know... And Shingo, man, God, just those strikes. And that pumping bomber he hit. And I love that they gave they gave Show the kick out on the pumping bomber, too. Yes. And then he, he's like, all right, I got to do the last of the dragon. And he had to hit the dragon to finish him. Um, and, and just like you said, I'm, I, I, pulled up a, I pulled up a report. And somebody said, Shingo may have won the match, but this will forever be remembered as the coming out party of Show, who was elevated through defeat like only a future top guy could. New Japan lost a junior ace earlier this year, but thankfully a future ace was just born. And that's exactly once again where this company is so much better than every other company in the fact that they make stars and losses while elevating the next guy. I hope Shingo runs the table. Could you imagine if they have Shingo run the table? Mm. And then you got that guy chasing that dragon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll yep. see you in a and, few days, folks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, real, real quick, real quick. Um, uh, before we send off here, I'm, I'm, I don't want to, I'm not going to talk about this match yet because I know we got a lot on our docket, but the dragon game. I want, yeah, I want you to watch the main yeah. event then we can all talk about it. Um, Perfect. there's a website I found. I will not give it out on air, but I will send it to you on Facebook messenger. Um, I, maybe I can try to do it even right now. Oh, I didn't save it. I'm, I will, I'm going to send you this on Facebook messenger. This thing has, it's like the glory be to um, wrestling of, of everything that we could imagine continuously is, is up there. I may have it on, um, let me look at my history. And then I might be able to just send it to you through there. Um, oh, of course, I'm not going to still have, shoot, I really thought I still had this thing on here. But I found a website that's got everything you could think of for wrestling that, here we go. Let me let me pull this up. So just as an example, when I go to their main page, um, the things on here right now, uh, Best of Super Juniors Night 3, watch AEW's Road to Double or Nothing. Uh, Rev Pro um, from March 24th just got uploaded. That had a main event of Pac versus Chris Brooks. Hmm. Um, we got, that's wow. what, this is where I watched the OWE match from yesterday. Um, it has um, a bunch of other like like uh, DD. It's got um, what you call it. Um, it's, it's got all the Dragon Gate shows on here, so that's where I saw the Dragon Gate that that had just uh, happened. So you can watch the entire um, Dragon Gate show if you really want to, the Dead or Alive show. Um, but it's it's on this website, and um, yeah, dude, you, you got to check out this Dead or Alive. It's got the Crockett Cup on here if you want to watch Crockett Cup. So I'll get you a link to this. Watch this main event from the um, uh, watch this main event from from the the Dead or Alive show. It's it's wacky, and I say wacky in a good wacky, like a Dragon Gate kind of way. And it's it's the repercussions are there's there's four flags on the top of the steel cage, and you have one representative from each stable. So your five stables, Natural Vibes, which is like the, the hippie stoner kind of guys. It's Genki Horiguchi's group. Um, KZ, the guy who I'm raving about from the match, Pac is, is their rep. Tribe Vanguard, 
obviously the, the main Yamato's in there for Drive Vanguard. Uh, Dojo Mochizuki, which is Misaki Mochizuki and all of the, the trainees. Uh, Shouldn't Skywalker, who is the, the big standout guy this company kind of needs. He's the representative. Obviously, Maximum, who is led by Speed Muscles, has Naruki Doi. And then R.E.D., which is what Pac is in, um, the guy I've been clamoring about that we, he almost won uh, finishing move of the year like three years ago, but Big R Shimitsu, he's, the, he's in Big Ben with Ben K, and he does that pumping shot put choke slam where he like pumps you like a shot put and then launches you in a choke slam. Um, it's him. So everybody grabs the flag, and whoever is the guy who doesn't get a flag for his, uh, in the match, he has to pick somebody to leave the unit. Um, but the twist was if you grabbed a flag, you could choose to kick somebody out of your unit as well. So it's a really interesting concept. They really went out. It's a little wacky, like I said, but it's a really fun match and there's a lot to it. So I I want you to check that out and then we'll talk that we'll talk that we'll come back in a couple days here, Friday, Saturday. Um, we'll talk super juniors or super strong 16, Maybe maybe a little of both, depending what's been released, because I don't think Night 3 has dropped for progress. But we'll get into all that. We'll be back this weekend, guys. Thank you all for listening. Jumping in here on Prompty Wednesday night. Monday we had a hiccup, but we will catch. Oh, Alex is back. Alex is back on the wrap-up. <laughs> uh, all the talk of flags and everything. I was like, whoa, it just knocked me out. <laughs> so, um, as, like I said, KZ from Natural Vibes, Yamato from Tribe Vanguard, Shun Skywalker from Dojo Mochizuki, Naruki Doi from Maximum, and uh, Big R Shimizu from R.E.D. Um, Shimizu, as I was saying when I realized you were gone, he's the guy who almost won move of the year for us with the shot put slam where he, like, pumps him with ah. a shot put. That, um, he's, he's in Pox faction. So if, if you right. grab a flag, you get, to leave the, um, you get to leave the cage. Whoever's the one guy who doesn't get a flag, he has to kick somebody out of, his, of, of their unit. <laughs> So it's kind of like the uh, the Joshi Pro with their clicks, right? Like the draft every year, but yeah, obviously yeah. not to, to that extreme. And and sometimes and so instead of unit bonds this time, like they would have hair or masks, or like people would get their your unit would get their head shaved or they would lose their masks type thing. Um, so the catch is, if you take a flag, you're obviously eliminated, or you're out of the match. But then after the match, your unit comes back in the cage and you get to choose if you want to still kick somebody out or you could just keep the unit intact. So there's a little bit oh. of like, what could happen with this? So, I was about to say, could um, he technically kick Pac out even though it's Pac's group? Yeah, because he was the one who was chosen to be the representative. So he made Wow. That could be interesting to play kind of with the All Elite Wrestling Initiative. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it, um, it's, it's, so it's it and like I said, it's I don't know when, when, you, get got, when you got um blog talked, uh, but it's it's a little goofy. Like there's 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 like some comedy but not all comedy, but it, like when they're trying to climb out of the cages, all the units are out there with, with different weapons and things to try to stop them from climbing <laughs> up. I mean it's, awesome. it's chaotic, but it's I mean, you know, every time Big R Shimizu's trying to go out. You'll see, you'll see the, the units go over, and obviously his tag partner Ben K from Big Ben, he's over there just annihilating these guys while 
the other RED guys are like, Ben K, you need to come back over here. I know you're protecting your tag partner, but we got to stop that guy from climbing and getting a flag. So it's just there's something going on all over. It's really fun. It's uh, really, really I, I'm, fun. I'm excited to watch. That's so for sure. The last thing, it's, it's a five-part. There's like five different parts, kind of like, um, you know, you click this part and you get to this, this part of the, the show. It starts about the 35-minute mark of the fourth um, link. Mm-hmm. So then, so it's the end of the fourth link and then the fifth link are, are what you'll have to watch. But I'm going to send it over to you right now. Check that out, and then we'll powwow about this weekend and get on and uh, talk talk some tournaments. And I mean, this is a full news, and this is exactly what happens every time. Otherwise, we're going to go another hour, and, and uh, I, I got a couple things I want to do here before I go to bed. Um, yeah, I got a uh, maybe, triple threat featured tomorrow. So maybe you can catch <laughs> me on the Twitter at WrestleCast underscore SSM to talk uh, some movie action. Avengers yeah. on the IMAX before it leaves forever for my first time on the IMAX for Avengers. Trust me, I've seen many IMAX movies, guys and gals. Uh, check out that Detective Pokemon, even though I know nothing about Pokemon, but it could be interesting. But again, the Coupe de Grace being the uh, hopefully not the f- uh, finale, but John Wick three, uh, a movie I just randomly went and saw the first one, meaning uh, at Mall of America at like twelve forty one afternoon. There was maybe about three other people, and uh, when he clubbed that dog, I was like, "Oh shit, Neo's going to murk some folks." And then I was like, "Wait, John Wick is a way better character than Neo ever was." Uh, because as my uh, eight-year-old stepdaughter said the other day when I said, yeah, eight's old enough. You could have her watch The Matrix. Uh, halfway through, she's like, this doesn't make any sense. This is boring. And then just watched YouTube, uh, which I was like, yeah, she's kind of <laughs> right. It's kind of all over the place. Uh, and she didn't even get to the cool fighting stuff. I was like, well, you, you got to wait. Martial arts. She's like, yeah, whatever. Uh, that's, but uh, that's yeah. That's the eight-year-old answer ever. This sucks. And just goes to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so we'll we'll get on with you guys this weekend i i may I, like i said there there may be hey if you guys haven't uh hit me up on uh wrestlecast radio on twitch we we twitch. uh we'll become an affiliate uh today so i'm, I'm very proud Sorry. of that and um i got i got a bunch of new stuff for my computer i got a green screen set up so that's going to help us bring this show to you on twitch as well so you can watch uh, our our big talking mouse and it'll be better for us to see each other when we're trying to go wait a minute no 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 you got it and we start getting into it <laughs> it's easy where we can see each other yelling so we can stop um so I mean, we're going to keep bringing we're going to keep bringing more content more and more um you know like i said go on the twitch i've been live streaming every night for the last week again uh, might even do something tonight again. But and plus, my commentary is the best part of whatever your card, virtual reality, pog, or magic the gathering you're doing with that. So, no, <laughs> that's why I said I may have something going on Friday because I forgot the last two Fridays have been giant growth nights. So I was thinking oh, about nice. keeping that going and doing another one on Friday, but you know that doesn't that, that doesn't mean we can't do one, you know, a Saturday Sunday thing. So we appreciate Perfect. y'all sticking with us. Sticking with us. We will catch you all this weekend. We'll we'll have some reviews this time. Um, could be a lot of fun. No Alex, news. Thanks, thanks for the great the great news. <laughs> I'm glad it was a nice alternative to not do half and half to just straight news out. So kudos to Alex for uh, kicking it off, and I'm sorry I spoiled it off the beginning. But y'all still are uh, trash anyway. If you 
watch WWE. So uh, peace be with you, and have a good one. We'll catch you on Saturday. <laughs>